So why crypto? So why crypto? So why crypto? Featuring Vishal and Quay. Greetings and thank you for being here. Another edition of So Why Crypto, a podcast where we look at crypto as technology. And today's topic, we will look at the role of crypto wallets in the crypto space. Now, again, we always bring the best of the best. And so today we have, and welcome to our, our So Why community, I want you to give a warm introduction to Emil Dubier. Welcome, bienvenue. Did I say that correctly? Perfect, mate. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. We really appreciate it. And of course, please tell everybody about yourself. Sure. I started in finance, traditional finance. I used to be an analyst in a, in a head fund back in the days, like it was way back, more than a decade ago. Then worked in my first startup, didn't work, went back into finance, worked for Bloomberg, Reuters, then ended up at BCG, launched ventures for them, met my co-founder like five years ago, I think in London for, for the first ventures I basically launched for BCG. And yeah, I, I was in crypto since 2015, mainly got there because of Ethereum. I heard about Bitcoin way before, but at the time I was like, yeah, an analyst and like I was, I didn't really get the, um, the value of, of Bitcoin. And I think like when Ethereum arrived, I decided to look a little bit more into it and, and and had a different opinion about it. Obviously, since then, it's been like, yeah, I'm down the rabbit hole and I, I didn't really get out. And so I had another Web3 startup where we're essentially like trying to tokenize real estate. Didn't work because we tried to raise like in early 2018 when the market went down. And, and then we started XDeFi Wallet back in 2020. So that's me, like mainly like traditional finance, tech background and yeah, now in Web3 for, for the last three years full time. Okay, so I got a question for you. So you said the rabbit hole, which sparked me this thought. We remember the first time we got crypto peeled. So the question, I go back to you. Do you remember the day, the year you got crypto peeled? The day I read the, the Ethereum white paper. Why, why was this so, so influential for you? Obviously, you had heard about Bitcoin, but what was it different... Ethereum when you when you read the white paper the idea that you could obviously smart contract the idea you could like uh, build on top of it in a decentralized fashion I think it was really attractive I guess I didn't really get like Bitcoin and how can that be like a uh, something that replaced current payment system and so on I, I understood that later like it's yeah Ethereum struck me so yeah reading uh, Ethereum white paper 100% good so what we'll do is we'll start with a macro one of the way to look at crypto as just a technology and humanity over time has had many, many technologies like fire, electricity, internet, and they allow humans to do things we couldn't do before. How do you see crypto being transformational in a way that allow humans to do the things we couldn't do before, in your opinion? Yeah, there are a lot of things. I think this is quite a long discussion to have, at least at my level. I guess being in like having full custody of your assets and not having a third party like administrating your assets or being responsible for them and doing not whatever they want but being like in in having full ownership of your assets is something really important for me this is what tracks me the most with crypto and then obviously killing the middleman in general and trying to do things like in a decentralized fashion 
allowing people to access like financial instruments that they couldn't necessarily access, like if they were just retail and not high network individuals having in finance myself, like I can see obviously disparities when it comes to accessing certain financial instruments and plenty of other things really. I guess this, these are the main thing for me, like full ownership of your assets and, uh, and decentralized finance and everything that goes with it in its nascent stages. And there are a lot of like complexity that we need to abstract. Uh, and that's our role as a wallet, obviously, because that, that's the first interface you're going to interact with if you really want to interact with dApps and so on, you need a wallet. That's the first thing you're going to have to, you know, interact with. Cool. Now that's good. Just to clarify, you're, you're referring to Silicon Valley Bank and then some Swiss bank as well, having some issues with the deposits. I know Silicon Valley Bank completely has gone under as far as investment is concerned and FDIC is coming in. That's what you were alluding to, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. Good. If you look at, that's the thing, right? It's interesting, like I was reading that Janis, the basketball player, had, I don't know how many, like 50 bank accounts, because essentially like the government is kind of guaranteeing like 250k max on each of the bank accounts you have if the, mm -hmm. the bank goes bust. So the dude like opened 50 bank accounts and spread it on these bank accounts to make sure that it can be guaranteed like 50 times. It's, it's interesting because I've been doing that like at my level, obviously I'm not Janis, but uh, but I've been doing that in Europe, like for, for a little while, being afraid of bank run. And yeah, this is kind of like, if you have, if I have my ETH, like in my non-custodial wallet, in my XDFI wallet, I know when I wake up the day after the, fund, the funds are still there, unless I'm like, I've done something that makes me hacked or whatever. But sure. like, I know that I'm not going to be blocked for whatever reason, because the bank doesn't have like the liquidity on hands to, to pay my funds back really. And, and that makes me sleep better to an extent. Sure. Yeah. And we've seen that happening before, right? In Cyprus and plenty of other countries like Lebanon. So uh, yeah, just that is something that is pretty cool. If you think about it, then it comes with a lot of things, right? Responsibilities and so on, but. Yeah, totally. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk about, so we've had vast majority of people that come on different backgrounds on this podcast trying to explain what the technology is, crypto. You hear people on one spectrum saying, everything is going to go through Bitcoin. Some think it's going to be Ethereum. Some think it's going to be multi-chain. I know XDeFi, the wallet that you're building, it has many different, was it 12 different chains on it? Going to be like something like 150 plus by the end of Q2. So that's going to ramp up pretty quickly. Wow. You, you said by the end of Q2? Wow. I'll explain. There was a reason. Congrats. So, so obviously, to me, it sounds like you're seeing the future of crypto being multi-chain, not just only Bitcoin or Ethereum, or else you wouldn't be building this. Could you tell us your thought process? Why would you think, if, if that's true, that the future of crypto is multi-chain? It's strictly like I was really focused on Ethereum until 2019. And obviously, like before being a builder, I was an investor. Um, that, that's what I started with, like in, in, in my career. And then personally, I, I've always invested in whatever, whatever, like literally like stocks, commodities, like cryptos. Uh, but I think in 2019, I kind of like changed my investment thesis. Loved Ethereum. I still love Ethereum, obviously. Now I could tell that there were a lot of projects out there led by really small people, projects with strong value propositions. And at the time, like whether it was 
layer twos that were like being built on or Terra, Solana, Polkadot, Cosmos. And I changed my investment thesis in a way that I told myself, look, it's like unrealistic to think that like blockchain is only going to be Ethereum and, and Bitcoin to an extent. So I was like, okay, I, I need to dig a little bit further and think about what are the solutions out there from technology? What are the tech solutions out there that are going to help for all these isolated ecosystems to communicate between one another? And the main project that I found, and I remember, so I, I was in the early Discord chats of Synthetix back then, which were like the first things happening like in DeFi. And there were a few people speaking about Torchain and how like it will allow different blockchains communicate between one another and so on. So I started looking into it um, and took part to community chats and so on, discussed with the, the core devs. So I invested heavily in Torchain back in, in Rune in, in 2019, towards the end of 2019. And I think that's the moment where I kind of like decided that, yeah, for myself, like I think the future is going to be multi-chain. But, and, and it, need to put back this to put this back into context right DeFi is not even a thing yet 2020 arrives then you have the big crash in march i'm loading more rune in my bags with rune and and i'm like okay now 99% of the what's happening in defi is via ethereum actually you had a bit of with Tron, but polygon wasn't a thing like binance margin wasn't a thing etc solana wasn't live whatever so i so i was like okay so it's still really focused on ethereum but my bet is that as it goes, like there will be like more chains with more activity, attracting more developers, like with different type of dApps built on top of. And, um, and so I was like, okay, how can we help the ecosystem, like especially Torchain ecosystem, especially for all the interfaces that are going to build on top of, of, of Torchain to actually like have people interacting with them in a seamless manner, given that back then you only had metamask that was covering like ethereum and and that's pretty much it uh, and I, I think we looked at the wallet market and you could tell that there were like tons of mobile wallets whether they are custodial non-custodial multi-chain just focusing on ethereum or, or polkadot or whatever but you don't you didn't really have anything on the extension clients and again 90 percent of the DeFi volume were going via our clients right so i was like there was like a huge gap in the market so we need to address that and we kind of like started building xdefi we did the poc for the dev team like with the dev team of, of torchain in mind and and we're like okay that's going to be supporting torchain ecosystem blah, blah 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 and then we realized well, actually that that's that's actually much bigger than that right this is not just something that we need ourselves like as power users this is something that like everyone is going to need right because otherwise like people are going to need to have like multiple wallets they're not going to be able to reconcile like all balances for all the addresses they have across all the networks they're interacting with like in one single place that's going to become quite cumbersome so how do we do this right let's do it and so with david my co-founder and cto we started working on, on that poc essentially like a li little bit more and and essentially we came up with xdefi that that's how it, it, it all started really yeah so you just seen the writing on the wall and started to iterate pivot I would love to focus a little bit more on crypto wallets and, and talk about this. So there's some people that don't own crypto, never heard of it, never owned it. And then you have some people that do some people that keep their coins on centralized exchanges like Coinbase and use wallets like XD5, of course, MetaMask and Ledger. 
I got to ask you, can you explain what is a crypto wallet? And I'm going to explain know, that. Why does crypto wallets matter to the crypto space? So crypto wallets. So, okay. So how do I explain that in a simple way? You have two types of like wallets that can hold your digital assets, right? Whether like they are tokens or NFTs. You have custodial wallets and non-custodial wallets. Um, so I guess it's important to define like what they are before explaining like more in depth about what we do at Exify Wallet really. But essentially like a custodial wallet, with a custodial wallet, the way you access your funds, the, the private keys are in control of the wallet provider. So essentially like it implies that they also have control over the funds uh, that the user have. In a non-custodial wallet, the, the user has complete control and access to their private keys, okay? They, they manage their private keys and the funds that are associated with them. Now, there are some advantages of custodial wallet, right? When it comes to recovering your, fund, your funds, if you forget or you lose like your password to whatever centralized venues that you interact with, essentially you call the, the customer service and they reinitialize your passport and you can access them again, okay? If you lose your seed phrase for, for non-custodial wallet, basically you are in a position where it, it is impossible for you to recover your funds, right? So what you're going to often hear is more freedom, more responsibilities, meaning that like you need to make sure that you have some obsecs or some security in place that makes it easy for you to recover your keys, but at the same time, just for you to recover these keys and, and access the funds that hold on, on a given address or in a given wallet, right? right. Uh, so that's the difference, right? It's like custodial wallets, that's basically really similar to what you're going to have if you have a bank account. If the centralized exchange on which you have your funds go bust, you're losing your funds, right? We've seen that with FTX, Celsius, BlockFi, Voyager, and, and so on. If you're using like XDFi wallets, MetaMask, or another non-custodial wallet, essentially, it doesn't really matter. If the company behind the non-custodial wallet goes bust, you take your seed phrase, you go to another non-custodial wallet, you still can access your funds. And, and that's real freedom. But obviously it comes with responsibilities. And we've seen like a lot of people that have lost access to their funds just because they basically lost the seed phrase or they cannot, uh, uh, yeah, they've lost the seed phrase essentially. And there are like a, a, other risks associated with it, such as being hacked or like sharing the seed phrase with someone that they shouldn't, uh, etc. Now, Exify wallet is non-custodial wallet, okay? So we don't have access or control over the funds of the users that are interacting with Exify wallet. We are trying to make sure that uh, it's as easy as possible for you to interact with an interface that is requiring from you to have some basic understanding of how it works, right? Because you have a public address, you have your private keys, your private keys here to say, hey, this is me who should be managing the funds that are on this public address. We basically just an interface between both that allows you to essentially identify yourself as the person that uh, has control and owns like the, the funds on a given address, which is public. So that, that's what we do, right? We, we don't have any funds in custody. Got it. I got a couple of questions I want to dig into. So, so you got the custody where it's, it's on Coinbase, Binance, or other centralized places versus you have XD5, you got MetaMask, you got Ledger. Uh, so my understanding is there, there's two type of wallets when it comes to self-custody. You have hot wallets, you got cold wallets. Hot wallets are the one that are connected to the internet and cold wallets are more that are not. 
Could you talk a little bit about like pros and cons of having a hot wallet versus a cold wallet? Maybe explain a little bit more of XTFi. My understanding is it's considered a hot wallet versus Ledger would be a cold wallet. Yeah, absolutely. So I will, okay. So hot wallets by nature, uh, especially uh, hot wallets that are extensions, they're not the safest way to safer place to put your crypto by nature okay this is just the client that wants that so something that like we do is that like we integrate uh, we basically provide ledger support for all the chains we add and we encourage our users to basically use a ledger and then xdefi wallet as the interface via which they're going to manage the funds and whatever assets they have like on the ledger we're adding like support for treasure and we're going to continue adding more support for additional hardware wallets but essentially like i would advise anyone that is holding more than, I don't know, like 2K, 3K dollars worth of crypto on an address to actually use a ledger because it's worth like anywhere below 100 quid or like some, some other version are a bit more expensive, but it's worth it because it's just safer for you. So I would always recommend people to actually use like a cold wallet and interact with an interface such as XDeFi wallet with this cold wallet. That's the safest way to go. Got it, got it, got it. Now, just to follow up on other thing that you mentioned is when you sign up for self-custody wallet you get a seed phrase so seed phrase is anywhere from 12 some wallets could be 12 some wallets could be 24 words so words could be something like safe and keep and something like that could you explain a little bit about that like why what's the role of seed phrase and how important it is for people to keep it safe essentially the seed phrase is going to be here to help you identify yourself as the owner of the funds on the public address that you have the fund on essentially the, the way it works is that like when you create like a new seed phrase, the, the wallet is going to generate like a list of words based on randomness. So either 12 or 24. And, and essentially like the computer is going to generate what we call a better entropy than a human. And this is essentially what you're going to be using to identify yourself in simple terms. Got it. And the other thing that you mentioned we want to dig into a little bit is private key versus public key. My understanding of it is this has come from cryptography. This technology has been around for a while, and that's what you're really using to have one that's your key you hold on, and the other one is a private key. I'm sorry, a public key. And it's somewhat similar to having an email address where you have your email address and then you have your password. Email address you can share with other people. They can actually send you an email, but they can't actually go in and read your emails. Is that a good analogy? Would you add something to it so people can understand it? No, in simple terms, this is your password. That's what it is, right? Like I, the way I, I put it like to, I don't know, to my parents, for instance, is that like your public address, okay, is like a Niben, like your bank accounts, except that like everyone can see what's on your bank account. And it's not like under your name, unless you have, I don't know, a, a ENS like that, that qualify you by your own name. But like, you don't really know who owns this address and you can see everything that happens in this address or all the funds that are held on this address, like in the transactions that are happening there. And your private key is going to be essentially what you're going to use to identify yourself and basically unlock access to the funds that are on this public address. So in other words, it's like whatever identification mechanism that you're going to use to access your, your bank account, that's going to be the same, right? Like passwords. It's fine too. Yeah, it's a good analogy. I think it's simple. Where where does the the digital signature comes in play? What, what would be is that is that your private key or is that because that's not your seed phrase, right? Because you need to sign a transaction in order to send. If I wanted to send you some Bitcoin from let's say XDFi, it needs to be signed, right? Essentially, what happens afterwards? It basically gives 
basically like a, I don't know how to put that, like it authorizes a transfer essentially. So you sign with it, you identify yourself as being the person that has the right to sign and make a transfer of funds for, uh, on behalf of like a, a given like a address, essentially. Got it. Now, staying on signature, I come from banking background, just like you in finance. So banks allow you to do a single signature if you have a personal account. But when it comes to corporate accounts and larger accounts like trust, you can have, okay, if it's over a certain amount, we want two people to sign something or three people to sign something. I know crypto wallets allow that. Would that be the same in XD, XD5 where Quay and I can go set up an account saying, hey, anytime that we want to send money out from this coin, he needs to sign it. So do I need to sign it? Uh, could you talk about that a little bit more and how that secures stuff? So you can't do it in XD5 wallet, at least for now, right? Like you, you basically sign with either your ledger or with your hot wallet, like with an XD5 wallet directly. Now, if you want to add like a level or a layer of security, you can use something called like a multi-signature, uh, like for instance, Gnosis Safe, which is actually a pretty good product. And here you can say, I don't know, like you have one address, you have whatever amount of crypto on it, and you say, okay, these five addresses or these four addresses are going to be the signers for whatever happens with this uh, safe. And you're going to set like your threshold. So for instance, you're going to say, okay, for a transfer to be valid, I need to have three, at least three out of four signing happening. So you can have two addresses, two addresses, you split them, right? But you cannot like, you cannot like basically process something unless uh, it's, it's signed by, by, by three addresses, right? So basically the two of you have to be in agreement for this to happen. And that's generally what's going to happen with the treasury of, of crypto companies that's what's happening with our treasury so uh, we are several of us we all have a few addresses and we all need to sign and you have a specific threshold for the transfers to be done and that avoids basically people to go out there and just transfer all the funds and essentially wrap the company and leave with the funds or whatever and i think this is the biggest difference with crypto which is amazing at the same time can appear to whoever is not involved i guess a little bit scary is that like in a bank but like, for me, it's like, it's like, I cannot transfer more. For instance, one of my bank, I cannot transfer more than 10K out of my account. I need to ask the permission of the bank. This is my funds. Like, why wouldn't I need to ask the permission of the bank? It makes no sense. This being said, if someone get access to my bank account, for whatever reason it is, um, and, and they empty my bank account, I would be happy to have this safeguard. Although I don't really agree with it because I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of that, uh, fundamentally speaking, but uh, this is a security. Now, this is why multi-signature like, schemes are essentially like, uh, important when it comes to, for instance, treasury or, or anything else. If it's a DAO, if it's, if it's, I don't know, like with friends, you decide to invest in really expensive NFTs. You cannot just say to one of your friends, okay, keep this NFT on your, on your address and we trust you for not selling it like when we do something else and, and, and leave with the funds. So, the multi-signature like uh, option becomes quite appealing. Yeah, that sounds like similar to go back to the banking analogies. You you have the human who's checking you, right? So let's say we tell the bank, "Hey, we're signing this large check of twenty thousand dollars, or it needs to have two people sign it or three people sign it, right? You need to have a treasurer sign it, the CEO sign this." In crypto, it seems like this is all done digitally. That 
there is no human involvement outside of no human needs to come and verify the technology itself will verify as long as as many people that you predetermine saying need to sign over this amount or whatnot. It solves this issue of trusting a human versus trusting this technology that does it. Does that sort of recap what the multi-signature does? Yeah, it's a bank account whereby you need to have like your friends or whoever has control with you over it to co-sign any type of transfer. It seems that hearing some of your answer that you have these feelings towards uh, some regulatory <laughs> things out there. We don't have to get into that right now, but I, you know, when thinking or in hearing you answer that, it made me think about what inspired you to start XDeFi? Mainly because I needed it as a user and I could, I could see myself using multi-chain wallet because that would be just like, I, I had some, even before like DeFi was a thing outside of Ethereum itself, I was like, I had, I was holding Bitcoin. I was holding like ETH and other coins. And I was like, it's not everything, not everything is in the same place in an inconsistent fashion. That's a bit annoying. So I just want to have everything in one place. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm going, I'm not going to give you a storytelling whereby I'm trying to save the world or whatever, but that's, that, that's like where it comes from because as power users, we, we needed it ourselves. Okay. And then, then like, obviously trying to kind of like anticipate the future being multi-chain and interacting with that that are on different ecosystems and being able to navigate through these different up an ecosystem seamlessly with just one single vehicle that would be the wallet was super appealing. Uh, uh, now, um, obviously, there is a part of like, okay, can, how can we, how can we like promote freedom of access to, to, to our funds? And I guess it's relevant to plenty of different like jurisdictions, right? But I think ju ju just for the memory like example that I gave before, for me, just the idea that like, people work their entire life and have all of the savings in one bank and one day for whatever reason there is like whether it's bank fault or because there is like fear contagion there was a bank run caused by whoever steered up like a fear upon like the depositors they start lining up like at the bank on a monday morning to try to get what how much they can from what they've saved their entire life and can't basically access it is absolutely incredible. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy. If you think about it, it's absolutely crazy that like, uh, that you can't really like be in control of the funds you've been accumulating probably for certain percent their entire life. And, and I think th this is pretty sad. So uh, I guess like promoting self-custody is, is, is a way to, to kind of like make sure people, if they want to, if they, if they, if they feel like it's it's something important for them and make them sleep better at night uh, to always be in control of their funds yeah. then like i'm more than happy to participate to that but I, and like at the same time the thing is that i'm saying that but i think a lot of the people that actually need this solution uh, are probably not familiar with the tech and the concept around it and the difficulty associated with uh, managing in a safe fashion the funds that you hold on the self-custody wallet and and this is, yeah, as I said, like it's a, a role to kind of like simplify it. And we, we, we go, this is what we're trying to do, right? It's not, it's not easy, especially in the multi-chain environment, but this is what we're trying to do. So um, yeah, th th there is a part of, I guess, ideology somewhere, of course. Yeah. In talking to some of our guests and, and talking to each other, what we started to figure out is this, this consistency that we've been hearing. Like society uses products that they don't fully understand. 
And so I kind of wonder, can you give a little explanation behind what's going on behind the curtains of XDeFi so users can understand? Yeah. So it's interesting because like sometimes like there are plenty of, there are plenty of ideas, solutions out there to abstract the complexity away from self-custody wallets. The problem is that like these solutions are generally like isolated. And by that, I mean that you have solutions just for Ethereum, like you have solutions just for another ecosystem. And the thing is that as a chain wallet, we have to think like holistically and how can we find like a solution that makes sense across all the networks that we support, right? Now, can you remind me your question? Sorry, I forgot what you said at the end. Just what's going on behind the curtain. So, so behind the curtain that not much, like we're pretty transparent about everything we do. The way you put it is this way. Like, I think the first person that had to drive a car, it wasn't necessarily like super easy for them. And, and same for the first person that had to kind of like interact with a computer that must have been super weird. And, and I, I'm not sure they were like, like understanding what was happening under the hood, uh, nor how to leverage the, the, the full potential of, of these of these new technologies and i think it's the same with self-custody wallets like I'm, I'm not expecting people to understand like all the complexity behind like encryption and how basically they identify themselves using a private key to access the funds on a public key and and how like the signature scheme works and so on but i think to an extent like we do have a lot of work to do around educating the people and i think like a lot of projects whether they're competitors or partners or whoever out there like are doing like really good in terms of building academy we have one as well on the, on, on the website trying to accept explain like in, in a simple way like a lot of the concepts and to an extent i think that like we will reach a stage at which like uh, people are going to start to understand a bit more how it works and while we attract complexity i do believe that like more people are going to get educated and going to be able to actually sell money at their funds if you think about it like opening a bank account is not easy there was nothing simple about opening a bank account. It's like you have a lot of papers like to fill out. Like some people don't really understand what they're being asked. Like you need to provide like a lot of different proof of like well, it's like proof of address, like proof of like whatever. There are a lot of things to go through. Same for doing your tax filling. It's not complicated. It's really complicated. All of these things, like especially if you you guys are US citizens, I guess it's even more complicated for you guys. Uh, yeah. So it's at the end of the day, like onboarding on like on the self custody wallet, you just have to keep your seat raised. You just have, you, you get a seed phrase, you need to keep it safe. Okay. But you don't have any KYC, you create your wallet in literally under two minutes. It's pretty simple. So there are some parts that are complicated. Some of that are simple. It's all for us to construct the complexity away with the user experience that we're designing. And at the same time to also kind of play our role when it comes to educating users. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I've been on the website and seen your frequently asked questions and your blog and you're answering questions that I would imagine come up a lot. So education, obviously, is why we're here. We want to educate every, this society. And support as well. Uh, like the thing is, you like, and this is crazy. It's quite hard to find good support teams like in crypto in general. And it's not me bashing projects. Like it's just a fact. Like in, in general, it's because like suddenly like a project blows up. You have tons of users. Like the teams are not necessarily like prepared for that. And it was the exact same for us, right? I'm not saying we're doing better than others. Although I do believe that we're doing better than others now. But we have a Discord channel. We have an intercom on the website. We're adding like a, a link to the intercom when you're interacting with the extension. So I think support is important. And... The more people we onboard into crypto, it doesn't matter how abstract it is, how much the complexity is abstracted, you do need to have good support. 
there are plenty of companies with like excellent support, like in Web2. And I do believe that like we have a lot to take from that in Web3. And that's going to play like a really a complementary like role to education, obviously. Uh, and, and, and I think like next cycle, a lot of projects are going to make a difference because of their support. And at least this is like a massive focus we have on. Because a lot of people, even people that seems like to understand sometimes like some concepts are complicated and they need to be explained in a simple fashion and reassured and assisted so that they can keep their phone safe, but also have fun and be able to navigate and do whatever they want across the different like applications they want to play with. So then what differentiates XDeFi from MetaMask and other hot wallets? We are a wallet that is allowing you to have all your crypto in one place. And I think this is important because like you already have the complexity with your seed phrase, but then if you want to interact with Solana, Cosmos, Ethereum, and Near, you need four wallets. So you have four seed phrases, you have your funds in four different places. You don't know what's your total balance. You don't know where all of your assets are. You need to click on each wallet to have that. Like it's slowing down your computer as well because it's eating some RAM. Like there are plenty of uh, downsides of accumulating wallets in general. So XDeFi wallet is a good way to essentially have like an all-in-one experience. And that's the biggest thing. And I think support has also become something like that we're really strong at. And it's not even coming from me. Please go on the Chrome store, read the reviews. Like we have a support team that is unbelievable, like 24 seven. And that helps a lot of people. And I guess this is also helping in terms of retention because the best support you have, the most, the secure your product to an extent. So that, that would be the two the points. And then I don't know, the, U, the UX for me is better. But like I'm biased here, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push this as the differentiator. Although I do believe that the UX we're coming with like soon is gonna be like really interesting. We're working on abstraction, obviously. The first thing we're gonna work on is gas abstraction. So trying to the thing is that like when DeFi was just Ethereum, you had people that had the funds to interact with all of the different dApps that are. Uh, built on Ethereum, but it was quite expensive, right, to do so just when it comes to paying essentially the transaction fee, the gas that is necessary to sign a transaction. And I guess that this has been solved. I don't really like this term, but the access to blockchain and DeFi in general and NFTs have been democratized because you have a lot of uh, side chains, layer twos, whatever we call them, other low fees chains such as Solana and Cosmos chains, and obviously Polygon and Avalanche and Arbitrum, etc. But the thing is that like now that we, you have all of these different chains, you still have to pay a fee, even if it's really small and you end up with plenty of different addresses, funds on all of these different addresses and need to make sure that like, at any given point in time, you have a small balance of the gas token on each of these addresses. Otherwise, you cannot perform transaction. And that's bonkers if you think about it, because like in terms of uh, the gas management has became like, became like completely out of hands. Then there are plenty of other issues like associated with that, right? Like you're bridging from chain to another and your funds arrive like on the address that is on the chain uh, output chain and you're like well, i don't have gas tokens so how do i get the gas token now to actually make a transaction for these funds if i want to deposit them in like whatever protocol or if i want to send them swap them whatever right so what we're trying to do at our level is to obstruct this concept of gas whereby you would be able to use like any assets to pay gas on whatever chain. So I'm not going to get too much into details about that because it's not something that we've been communicating about a, a lot. But essentially, the first step for us is abstracting the concept of gas and making it super simple for people to, for instance, pay all the gas fees with USDT, USDC, or any other stables. Right. And, and then I right. just want to say one thing. Emil, you said UX, and I just want to let the 
So why community? No, that stands for user experience. Because I, I get it, but I just want to make sure everybody understood that. Yeah, and one of the things I wanted to add was <clears throat> we talked about the gas, which is essentially fee on Ethereum. Other, other, I guess, other protocols are still using also using the term gas. I have been a user of MetaMask for four to five years, and I've been using XDeFi for about a year or so. I totally see the user experience being better because you just all the chains could be in one place versus MetaMask. You got to go and change from Ethereum to something else. And it is really cumbersome. I'm surprised MetaMask hasn't figured this out yet, but the user experience is definitely not the same way that you would have with XDFi. I appreciate that. Like, I thought I, I can't, this is actually our. Obviously, with multi chain and so on. But in terms of user experience, the two things that are, in my opinion, make a massive difference compared to other wallets is first, you have all your assets in one place. You don't need to change the network at the top or the blockchain at the top to essentially like review, monitor your assets, deal with them. Everything is in one place. Now, it's not easy to do so because like it means we're fetching much more data. So the backend that we've built, I'm not going to get into details again, but like the backend that we've built has to work in a certain way. And like from the, the front end logic as well for us to fetch this data without impacting the overall performance of the extension of the wallet. Th that's the first thing. And the other thing is in general, in a lot of wallets, like when you have, let's say, USDC on different networks, you're going to have USDC considered as a different assets on all these different networks, which is fair take. But at the end of the day, I just want to know my total balance in USDC. Right? So that's the two things. You can see all of your assets in one place. And at the same time, you can see your total balance for a given asset. And then if you click on it, you have a breakdown as per which network it is like sitting on, which I think is helping a lot UX-wise. Uh, I take it for granted. I probably should sell it more, but thank you for bringing it up because this is obviously like something that comes up quite a lot from the users, from the community. And that's definitely improving the user experience. Yeah, no, I, I even remember using the... Man, I can't even remember what it was called, like something ethereum.com wallet. It's still around. I'm sorry? Mew, my Ethereum, my Ethereum wallet? My, my Ethereum wallet. I remember using that and I remember going to uh, go to MetaMask. I was like, oh, this is much better. And then you got all these different chains coming in. And I think that's where XT5 really comes in and changes the game. Mike, I have one other question now. MetaMask is OG in, the, in this space. Uh, can you share how many users you guys have? And do we know how many users MetaMask has? Like just to see where you guys are versus they are as a market share. Yeah, so I think MetaMask has more than 20 million users across the mobile and extension. It's hard to tell exactly how much. I think the last time they communicated about it, that was around that area. On our end, we have 180,000 weekly active users. So I don't know if that figure is like weekly or if it's like monthly or if it's I don't really know. We're not tracking. So it's like the data we have from the Chrome store. And yeah, we have 180,000 weekly active users. I think reality is that during the last bull market, um, we were in a position whereby it was complicated for us because we had to figure out both from a performance point of view, but also like a user experience perspective, how to make it work as a multi-chain wallet, right? So I do believe that like the user experience back then was better if you were using an isolated wallet, as in MetaMask or Phantom, for instance, that is focusing on just one chain because they just have to care about one chain each. And it's easier for them to actually iterate on top of that and make something which is like a little bit seamless. While we already had 
shit tons of water off chains, right? And I think at the time, we're not at par when it comes to user experience. I think now, like, we've kind of, like, filled out that gap. And I think next cycle, like, there is a really strong rationality behind being able to manage all of your crypto in one place, whether there are tokens, whether they're NFTs, we are the wallet with larger, the wider support for NFTs. We're about to release like support for BTC ordinals uh, in this week or next week, next week actually. And, and I think that now the user experience is at par and we can expect like a strong growth ahead. Obviously waiting for the next cycle, like right now it's still like a bear market. It doesn't really matter what happened in the last few days. And, uh, and we're waiting for, for new joiners. Now, why do I think that this is going to, my thesis is going to materialize for the next cycle? Because I do believe that at the end of the day, most of the people that are downloading a non-custodial wallet are going to be people that already have an experience with crypto. You don't just wake up and go, okay, I'm going to download Metamask or XDeFi wallet. You first had, okay, I have these friends that invested in that crypto. This is going to, this is pretty interesting. I think it can go up, whatever. You go on the centralized exchange because it's easy. You can Coinbase, Binance, whatever. Then you buy this crypto. And at some point you understand you can do much more with your crypto than just holding them and expecting for a return. You can also actually navigate and interact with plenty of different like applications. So that's when you actually move and you don't learn a wallet. And the thing is that all these folks, they're going to be on the centralized exchange. Chain is completely abstracted there. They don't care about chain. They don't care about gas. They don't care about anything. They just care about tokens. They just care about assets that this is asset focused and the chain aspect is abstracted when, and then they arrive like a non-custodial wallets. And now they realize they need four wallets to interact with to, to all the coins they already had, like on, on the exchange. So I think XDFI wallets is trying to reproduce like the same user experience that people had like on the centralized exchange, but in a decentralized fashion and in a self, in a self-custody manner. Right. So I do believe that would be like a more seamless transition from centralized venues. And going for basically having different wallets that are focusing on just a set of chain, part of the same VM ecosystem, et cetera. And I think that will help a lot because this is what we're trying to focus on, abstracting the concept of chain, abstracting the concept of gas, and so on. And you already thinking in my next question, you're thinking about the future and that's what I wanted to talk about. So it took the internet about 25 years to get 75% of the U.S. household and 45% of the world. So in thinking of those terms, when do you see crypto going mainstream one and what needs to happen? It's a hard question. I don't have an answer. Uh, <laughs> like, no, but like, to be, if I had an answer, like, but I think it's coming. If you look at, I've been here like for a lot of cycles now. I think you have a lot of things that have happened. Fuck, I feel like we're still in 21, like we're in 23, but I, I, a lot of things have happened. You can tell that like main, mainstream media, whether it's like in good terms or in bad terms, are like covering like crypto like a lot. You can ten, tell that like a lot of Web2 companies and large corporations are getting into uh, like whether it's NFTs or other things, like are getting t- interested in this because they're afraid of missing out, right? So they want to be part of it. They want to be closer, I guess, to the users they have. and and so the future needs they get into it like large institutions like whether they are financial institutions or others like are getting into it too and governance governments as well are like whether again like regulation wise or coins or whatever are getting into it too so i think like now everyone knows about crypto three years ago four years ago not everyone knew about crypto i even if my parents don't understand it they know about it they know about it and i think now it's still going to take 
few years, probably five to 10 years to, to get like widely accepted and something that is just part of our day-to-day -day life without us thinking about it when it comes to pay something, when it comes to own art that is digital, when it comes to participating into um, accessing like a lending protocol, for instance, and like borrowing from that lending protocol instead of from your bank and plenty of other things. It's going to take a little bit of time for the user experience overall to actually improve. But I think we're on a good track. If you look at the progress that has been done the last five years, it's like crazy. Yeah. 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 It's the three pillars that we've seen so far just doing our research and talking to people is one, the builders got to build. So you, you're doing your work. And the two, adoption, that takes time. It's going to happen. People are going to use it. They're going to hear about it. And the third thing is education, where we feel like we're helping out. I think those three all take time. In crypto space, people were really impatient. They want to make it happen today. <laughs> it will take some time. Iterations need to happen, some up and down. And uh, as long as we put our head down saying, all right, we're going to educate people. We want to have some builders. We're going to have some adoption. I think, I think crypto is going to go mainstream for sure. Yeah, and definitely. That's been our thesis on this. Yeah. And so it's about that time, Emil, where we do a little thing called the lightning round. Are you ready to accept that challenge? I've no idea what that is, but like, yeah, sure, sure. Go on. <laughs> All right. Then I'm going to just ask you a couple questions. First thing that comes to mind, just belt it out. So what's the last show you binged? Oh, that's bad. The White Lotus. Do, okay. I'm watching, so, I'm watching Billions because like, I didn't finish last season. Billions, Succession, and, and The White Lotus. I'm, I'm kind of like... I don't have time to binge, but this is the tree I'm like, like looking at. All great shows. Text or talk? Text. <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee, coffee. Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Ugh, that's hard one. I'd say Bezos. iOS or Android? iOS. What's on your nightstand currently? I don't have, I don't have anything. Lamp? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. What's your favorite NFT? Good question. The Gurukat Gang. And what's one word that comes to mind when you think about crypto? Self-custody. All right. He did it. He Thanks. went through the lightning round. Appreciate it. And thank you. Emil, thank you for joining us for another episode of So Why Crypto. Where can everybody find you? Where can they interact with you? If you Discord, go on, our, on XDeFi on Twitter. You have the official link in the bio please refer to this link not another one my handle on uh, on uh, twitter is goidbkojiro you go, you can see me on the twitter main page so feel free to dm me if you have any questions and the discord generally like i'm quite like responsive and the team as well so we're always happy to hear about like feature suggestions feedback and or, or assist you guys so please feel free to to, uh, to say hi and we'll make sure we put that in the show notes too anything any last comments that you want to share no, thank you so much for doing your part and thank you for having me today. It was quite fun. And yeah, thanks. Once again, we appreciate the conversation. And so for more information, so why crypto on everything, Twitter, website, YouTube, please subscribe so you can hear more guests like Emil. For myself, Quay and Fashal, thank you. So why crypto? So why crypto? Why crypto? So why crypto? So why crypto? Featuring Vishal and Quay.